Grootsival. This is Sarah Keller, and I'm excited to be part of Humans of Telecom. Hey everyone, a very warm welcome to Humans of Telecom, the Unplugged podcast. This is your host Anurag Agarwal, Chief Growth Officer at Globe Teleservices. This month is particularly special for the podcast as we have crossed a thousand followers on LinkedIn. To all the listeners and supporters, just want to convey my immense gratitude for all the love and support. It's amazing to see how well this podcast has been received by the CPAS community and all the fun conversations we have had. Speaking about fun conversations, today's guest is someone I definitely label as fun. Interestingly, to our CPAS community, she tends to often portray a more serious image at times, and my endeavor today is to unleash the fun side of this wonderful individual. She can be seen at almost every conference, so much so that I think that she definitely has a twin sister hidden somewhere. <laughs> so please join me in welcoming Sarah Keller, Chief Global Enterprise Officer at Global Message Services. Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for agreeing to be a part of this journey. We'd love to hear more about you. Which part of the world do you belong to? And from where are you joining this podcast today? Thanks, Anurag. Thanks for the introduction. No pressure there to be fun, but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, from Yorkshire, England, north, um, north of England, and I'm actually uh, speaking to you from Zurich, Switzerland today, where I live and have lived for the last 21 years. Wonderful, Sarah. Two equally amazing places, but... What's most amazing is the Bruce Springsteen concert you attended <laughs> last evening. So, well, see, I told you there is so much of fun <laughs> out there in your life. So, uh, to start with, why don't our listeners get to know a bit more about the concert? How did it go? What were your reactions, your feelings? What was it all about? Uh, absolutely. Well, it's the first time I've ever seen Bruce Springsteen, so probably a bit late in his career for me to see him for the first time. But uh, my friend actually visited from England because she couldn't get tickets at the time in the UK and she bought me a ticket. So um, I decided to go along and I'd heard great things about him and he didn't disappoint. I mean, he's 73. He played for three hours. He had a fantastic band, uh, huge amount of people, wind, uh, brass, everything on stage. Um, it was really cool. Didn't know many of the songs, in all honesty, but uh, it was really, really cool. So as I said, three hours. The only reason he stopped was the Swiss noise pollution rules at 10.30. But uh, no, a, a great experience. I would recommend anybody to go who's not seen Bruce live. Yeah, I can imagine at the age of 73, being alive yeah. and kicking and... Uh, you know, rocking the audience with his performances. That's quite something that I think only the likes of a Bruce Springsteen can do. <laughs> exactly. I think so. But yeah, it, it was fantastic. Absolutely. Wonderful. And now shifting from Bruce to our dear Sarah. So let's hear a bit <laughs> more about your journey. So, you know, uh, while uh, I've met you only from the time you joined GMS, but I think you've been in the industry for a while. So how was it like growing up in Yorkshire? How did the transition to Switzerland happened? Or were there some other countries and continents in the middle as well? And uh, how's your journey in telecoms been so far? Okay, well, yes, um, it sounds a long time. I've been in the industry 28 years, which makes me sound incredibly old. But yes, and I always ask people how they came into telecoms because invariably very few actually planned this. It, it seems to be an accident. And mine started with a summer job. After 
university. Uh, I took a summer job at BT, customer care in Leeds. And I have to say, I always am very appreciative of the horrible role of customer care and the people try to be as polite as possible because it's, it's, it's a struggle. But I started that after university and then uh, moved to London uh, to be with my then boyfriend. And the only job that was advertised was a customer care role in a company called Frontier Communications. So I applied for it. It was about whole, uh, wholesale voice. Um, I was successful, although I didn't have a clue what this wholesale voice was and how it worked. And from there, it just moved on. Frontier Communications turned into Global Crossing. I then was uh, invited to join Swisscom. And this is when I had the opportunity to move to Switzerland. So I was working at Swisscom in the UK. They closed the office and I was invited to Switzerland. So Switzerland wasn't on my plan. I, I did want to go abroad. I wanted to go to uh, maybe Italy or Spain, but uh, Switzerland was the opportunity. So I went thinking I would stay for a year. This was in 2002 and I'm still here. And from that, then I've moved between aggregators, voice aggregators. I then moved to the mobile operators uh, back into Sunrise after working for Swisscom and then other smaller companies. And eventually, eight years ago, I joined GMS and that was my step into messaging. Wonderful. So, you know, you didn't really stumble into telecom. You're quite a seasoned telecom <laughs> professional, I must say. You at know? this and point, I stumbled in at the beginning and then stayed. <laughs> wonderful. And, you know, uh, I think uh, just like you mentioned that I think you shifted to Switzerland and you never know, knew that, that that's going to become home uh, for such a long time. I think even for me, when I got into telecom, I joined it simply because I thought it's giving me one free trip to Canada. Because back then <laughs> when I joined, my team was in Montreal in Tata Communications. And I remember I thought, okay, let's just enjoy the free trip and we'll take it from there. And little did I know that it's nearly been a decade now and still very much here. <laughs> exactly. I think I've seen quite a few people who've left, but invariably come back. It's, yeah. it's a family. I mean, I know we've been in, we know everybody, they, they may have a different job title or a different business card, but it's the same people. And that's what I love. Correct. And, you know, that's inte the intent of this podcast as well, you know, to bring out uh, more of the human side because we all interact so often at, at that human level. So, you know, that's exactly what we are doing out here. And uh, in this wonderful journey of yours, I'm sure there must have been some memorable or impactful moments. So is there something which you can share with our listeners today? Yeah, I would say um, impacting was, um, I think we've all, well, many of us have had the situation. It's, it was actually early in my career where I uh, unfortunately had to work with a very difficult manager, my manager at the time. And um, it's just a challenge of how you address that because that person can actually be quite impacting on how you feel about yourself, how you cope with your day-to-day -day work. And it's also about how you handle that. And uh, I still very much always want to understand what makes a person tick. Why would this person be so bullying and aggressive? And invariably, it's their own uh, weaknesses or their own fears that drives that. But it was just how I handled it, how I managed it, how I came above that, how I managed to work with this person going forward. So, I mean, there's a... A famous quote, I think we probably all know from Eleanor Roosevelt, which is, no one can make you feel inferior without your consent. But that's very difficult to keep to because 
as I said, it, I was young at the time and it really had an impact. But I think what it's done is really helped me for the future because I had to get above and beyond this. I had to accept it, manage it, work with it, develop from it. And it, it's really given me great uh, just, yeah, structure and focus for how I go forward with that so it's just more that I think this happens to a lot of people I've also had some amazing bosses and I still do but it was just that one that stood out it can be it it can be quite life-defining if you don't handle it properly depending on the the scale of it so as I said it's it's made me stronger if you like for the future and just human nature never surprises me good or bad Uh, I love to see the good win out it's a big thing for me, but uh, yeah, it was quite an impacting moment in my career. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's the human nature of resilience which comes to our rescue mm-hmm. in such cases. But, uh, you know, uh, this almost reminds me of a similar uh, conversation I had with Luana Luna of uh, CMI UK. And uh, she also mentioned something similar where she had, she was in a toxic relationship and uh, how she managed to Uh, find a way out of it and was able to show her own self that how much she can succeed in life if she you know just gets on with it so um, Mm -hmm. I totally resonate with your story here so at this point uh, Sarah we move to our next section which we call the human side so uh, we're going to ask you a couple of questions more about Sarah and also you know play a few games so firstly uh and Sarah, we want a great answer here, right? So no pressure, but yeah, we <laughs> no want to hear something. <laughs> Absolutely. So, you know, uh, first and foremost, while we all know Sarah, and, you know, let me tell our listeners a, a very quick uh, anecdote from, you know, uh, uh, my conversations with Sarah. So, and this is a long time back, but, you know, Sarah always presents herself in a very, uh, you know, in a particular manner where uh, she resonates a lot more with the serious side of telecom rather than the fun side and uh, with with you know not meaning to offend anyone but especially she gives a very telco operator like image so remember that a uh, couple of years ago we were in a conference where there was an area where only operators could go and you know the the badges clearly showed that you know whether you're an operator or not and whenever we tried to make an entry there uh, you know we were stopped because uh, we didn't have that badge and it was obvious we're not an operator but uh, our dear Miss uh, Keller, she just walked in confidently and we caught up for drinks later and she said, oh, I just walked in. Nobody even asked me. I said, Sarah, that's because you give that air. So <laughs> I think, <laughs> you know, that's that's exactly the, you know, that's a quintessential example to exemplify that what I'm trying to say out here. But my question to you, Sarah, that uh, tell us something shocking about Sarah that nobody knows. <laughs> well, it appears nobody knows that I can be fun, Anurag, from what you're saying. So I, I'm I'm surprised that I give this image because there's many different things. Um, first of all, I um, I struggle with, a, I think you've probably heard of it, it's called the imposter syndrome, which is where yes. I always feel, I'm always questioning my validity in that situation. So the fact I walked in confidently, uh, well, I'm surprised, but I did. (laughs) I walked in. So when I'm in the job, I'm very focused on it. And that's possibly the perception people see. But I think if anybody, including yourself, who knows me um, well knows that I do like to have a drink. I like to party. And as I said, to enjoy my job, I need to know the people around me. I like to 
uh, understand them. I, I need to know, yeah, their family life, etc., outside of work, because for me, relationships is key. So uh, as a result, I do spend a lot of time socializing. So the conferences can be quite hectic because it's the full day plus the evenings and the nights uh, partying, but getting to know my counterparts and the people in the industry. So I suppose, uh, yeah, that's not really shocking for anybody who knows me. Uh, but uh, still, I think maybe the the idea that I'm not as confident in any situation as it seems that I come across is possibly surprising for others. But uh, it's something I, I, I struggle with every day and just, yeah, have to get on with it. I mean, this is the reality of my personality. Sarah, I think that's a wonderful thought you mentioned out there. And, uh, you know, uh, it's very true. I, and I think it's definitely shocking when I think about you because I feel your confidence is something that, uh, you know, is it, it's just there. It's taken for granted when one thinks of Sarah. So, you know, uh, you coming out and mentioning that uh, on this forum that, you know, that I, I know about the imposter syndrome also. You know, there are times when even I face that same situation. So it's really amazing to see that you actually mentioned that out here and to so many of our listeners that, you know, there's much more than the perception that we build about people. So I think that's a fantastic uh, response you gave to that question. And uh, to add to that, since you mentioned about fun, and I know you do a lot of things. So what are some of your passions? What do you do to recharge yourself? Okay, well, I used to, I used to fence. I love fencing. Um, I wouldn't say I was skilled in it, but what I lacked in skill, I made up for in force because <laughs> I like to win. And in fencing, it's obviously kind of combat. So I really enjoyed that. And badminton, but the same again, I will die in my efforts to win uh, because I'm really competitive when it comes to sport. Um, more now with the family. Uh, my kids' activities have more overtaken my own. So um, my son's... Uh, really good in handball he's a part of the regional team and the elite Zurich team so I try to watch his games wherever I can go but again I'm a bit too shouty crackers in the games he, he's embarrassed by that but um, for me right now actually a lovely glass of wine in the garden with the family at the end of the day is what I really enjoy so uh, yeah the sport is I, I keep planning to go running etc and every day I set the alarm and say I will go running this morning and invariably that alarm go, comes and goes and hasn't happened so I would say the wine right now and rag the wine at the end of the day <laughs> just helps me rewind with the family awesome and I think that's a fair one and fencing that's very interesting I mean I'm already trying to picture you wearing that fencing net and you know actually getting into a sword fight with someone <laughs> Exactly. No, it's it's really good fun. I have to say, I really enjoyed it. So as uh, it was, uh, as I said, I wasn't very talented in it, but I, I just I enjoyed it. So one day I saw that they were doing um, classes, so I decided to join. And yeah, every every week I was going, and then there was competitions and stuff. So no, we were a really nice team of people as well. So it was good fun. It's just about time. Sometimes this is the the challenge. I I should make more time for things like that. But that is also when you're traveling a lot, when you're working a lot and you've got family, sometimes you feel doing something for yourself is a little bit selfish. You're taking more time away from the family and that's also what you try to juggle. So uh, yeah, the fencing has right. gone by the by, but uh, still the focus is yeah on the family where I can. And yes, some sport would be good. Definitely, I haven't got the healthiest of lifestyles. Some sport would be good, but I, I talk about it a lot. I don't do it a lot is the reality. 
I guess that's the story of all our lives, and especially with mm-hmm. the travel, I think makes it a bit hectic more. But anyway, exactly. uh, so moving on, um, our next uh, question is: uh, you know, I'm gonna throw a couple of words at you. and we'd love to hear the first thought that comes to your mind so as i tell all my guests that be spontaneous be original be human so we'd love to hear sara's words so are you ready for that <laughs> let's give it a go awesome so the first one is telecom say family because that's how i feel find it i find it uh just a, a community uh, a family community people have been in this industry for so long including myself and yeah family springs to mind absolutely uh motivation i think change and impact uh i like to i like to feel relevant this is part of the imposter syndrome again but i i want to make a mark you know a, a positive change whether it be for me for somebody for the company whatever that's what motivates me all right uh the third one is something similar to what you said but i hope a different answer family family yeah uh well it just springs to mind an image of my family um it does come with sometimes lack of you know time for them but family is just it's the most important thing and that that i sometimes you have to go back and go why am i doing all this it is for family so uh, just to kick yourself and remember every now and again so absolutely uh the next one is career Wow, I would say varied and there's <laughs> there's so much uh more potential, I think. So career is also yeah, it's key. It's key for me as well. Again, it's this uh the need to feel relevant and contribute etc. So uh, and I would say yeah, it's it's been exciting. <laughs> An exciting career. I'm sure. And the last one is a podcast. Wow. Okay. Well, this is the first ever interaction I've ever had or heard regarding with a podcast. So I would say the unknown uh, Anurag because yeah. I work in telecoms. I outside of that I do nothing that is any way remotely technical at all and this is already quite technical for me. So I would say uh, the unknown <laughs> for podcast. A new discovery. Yeah, uh, let's hope that maybe from this experience you become motivated to interact with a lot more podcasts. So let's see how it goes for you. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. So the next one is the most interesting question of all. So here I ask uh, my guest to put across three statements. Two of them have to be truths, and one of them has to be a lie. And as I've mostly failed, I try and guess the lie. So would you have <laughs> three statements for us today, Sara? Okay, yes. So uh a few years ago I went traveling uh around the world. I took some time off uh from my career and went traveling for 7 months and when I was in Australia, I was bitten by a poisonous spider. Uh my second is that anybody who knows me is aware I've been in Switzerland for far too long for the fact that I do not speak German. I am pathetic at that. However, I have um Irish roots and I've spent a lot of time of my childhood in Ireland so I do I am fluent in Gaelic. And the last one is um I was held at gunpoint whilst in a taxi. <laughs> Sara your first two seem so elaborate 
though you know people have tricked me with this approach also that they make elaborate lies and then they appear as truths but i have a strong feeling that the first two were elaborate enough uh, and vivid enough that they are both truths and the third one is a lie is that correct so the third one is that i was held at gunpoint yep yep incorrect oh <laughs> that is awesome <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't at the time, but yes. <laughs> but yes, that is no. I actually anybody again and Anurag you should know better. My language skills are atrocious. Gaelic, not a chance. <laughs> not a chance. I barely barely managed to speak English, let alone any other language. So no. Well, the thing is that you know you you that that's the thing with Sara, you know that confidence, that that <laughs> conviction in her tone. <laughs> exactly. Amazing. But no, I was actually held at gunpoint in a, a when I was in a taxi in London uh, years ago. So not a pleasant experience. I mean, nothing happened, and uh, yeah, just some very strange and dangerous person who yeah. Pointed a gun at us, uh, scared the hell out of us, me and the taxi driver, and then left. But uh, yes. Oh, well, you, you mean there was no robbery? There was nothing that the person no, wanted? No, thankfully no. But uh, the, the taxi did crash afterwards because I think he was so nervous and so scared by the whole incident uh, that he then, when he, when he was reversing back to get away from the situation, he actually crashed into another car. So we had that as well. But no, the guy just uh, was, I don't know, just out there to terrify I think, but you have no idea. But we were just held there, frozen, whilst he pointed the gun at us. But uh, then he just walked away. Then he just walked away. Gosh. These are some stories which just leave your mind a little boggled at what exactly happened out there. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So it it was an interesting time, indeed. I'm sure. I'm sure. And... Wow, that's that's quite fantastic. I mean, by far one of my most interesting three statement answer to this question. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the last one in this section that uh, yes, we are all very busy, but uh, I'm sure that you get some time to read or watch movies. So, do you have a favorite book or a movie, and why? I do, and it is called A Wonderful Life. Now, if anybody is aware of it, it's actually a black and white movie. It was um, produced in 1946 with James Stewart and directed by Frank Capra. And it's just a lovely movie about the the wonders of the human nature. And and it's a Christmas movie. Um, I won't say too much because you should should definitely watch it. But it is about uh, a guy who does a lot for everybody and then his life goes if you like, to hell, and then just the reaction of the people around him and human nature. And for me, I delight in seeing the wonders, the positives of human nature. I find it is the most amazing thing, and I love to see it, and this film embodies all of that. You know, I think it's an almost 80-year-old movie now, but mm-hmm. I think even today it resonates with all of us. So, yep, I can totally believe exactly. that. Awesome. So, Sarah, uh, a very, very fun conversation so far, but as I have to say that all fun things also come to an end at some point, though one wishes that they don't, but that's the way of life. So we are on the final section, what I call the sign off section. So two quick questions. Uh, Firstly, as I said in the start that, you know, you just seem to be everywhere. So, you know, in the next couple of weeks or months, 
if somebody wants to hear more about Sara's gunpoint incident or <laughs> about how she used to be at fencing, uh, which are some of the events or conferences where you plan to be there and one can catch up with you? Okay, well, next week already, there is the capacity uh, SMS and messaging world in London. So I will be there. Um, and then there's a bit of a break, thankfully, for summer. And then I think in September, it starts with the conferences. And I believe there is seven also happening at the same time in the same week, whether it be VAS or Jitex or whatever. So because my focus is more enterprise clients, uh, I will be more focused there. So my plan is to be at Jitex in October, definitely. However, things change quite rapidly in uh, GMS regarding the conference and attendance. So it could be that I'm in three places in the same week. Who knows? But uh, definitely Jitex and next week, as I said, SMS messaging and capacity. So you've got your twin sister ready for the three places in one week stint? <laughs> Absolutely. I think everybody needs a twin sister during that period because it's just going to be crazy. Yeah, it's a crazy amount of conferences. And I really enjoy the conferences. I was at ITW recently, obviously, where I saw you. I was in VAS, <laughs> where I saw you in Canada. I mean, these are fantastic places to travel. Also, we're very lucky in the industry we're in that we do get to go to some wonderful places. But um, for me, it's I can't state it strongly enough. It's about relationships. Uh, business comes from relationships. Enjoying your industry comes from the relationships and, and working with the people, uh, the varied people we have in the industry. So all of these conferences, even if it's not focused on my area of business, is a great opportunity to meet people, understand what's going on in the industry, hear what's happening and see about developments, you know, and just keep um, up to date with everything that's happening in telecoms. So um, I do enjoy the conferences. It can be a bit tiring. I said because I like to do the obviously the conference and the partying and that can be the tiring thing but I find it so beneficial yeah and I feel so much of the work happens in the partying than in the day conference so I think that's equally important right <laughs> absolutely yeah definitely I, I I really do believe in that so it's uh yeah but I'm, I'm getting old and it takes its toll I'm uh, coming back at three o'clock in the morning I don't function so well the next day as I used to but uh, I just have to take that into account. Getting old. I have to face it. <laughs> we all have to at some point, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And Sarah, the final question, which is a signature question. So what does being human mean to you? What sort of a human being would you want the world to remember you as? Oh, I think someone who cares. I cannot tolerate injustice if I see it against people around me, myself. I have spoken out in the past at risk of my own uh, my own job because I just, um, being human is about caring and it's not about you. Um, your success is based on everyone around you and um, you cannot be isolated in this. So I think, yeah, it's just about respect for others, help where you can, guide where you can, assist where you can and speak out and stand up for people. So it's a mixture of all those things, but I think it's, yeah, it's based on respect and care. Whoever the person, whether in telecoms or outside, in your home, in, in, on your weekend, etc. For me, that's the core. Yeah, 
so respect and care it, it is for you mm-hmm. fair enough uh, sara thank you thank you so much and uh, on behalf of all our listeners i think uh, it's it's been a wonderful conversation it's been truly fun and uh, i think you really got me out there with your lie so i think uh, a <laughs> perfect high point of this conversation so it's going to truly be a memorable one and i know how busy you are i understand there is so much happening around you all the time and yet you've taken out time for this so thank you so much no thank you very much for the um the invitation anurag it was a pleasure i was a little bit nervous as you know i was concerned that having heard some of your other podcasts uh, how cool and how exciting your guests have been and how interesting that i would disappoint so i apologize to the audience if i've if i've bored you for the last 35 minutes or so well you definitely know it's not been that and i think this episode releases just before the messaging and sms world conference so you never know you might just have some interesting conversations while you're there <laughs> absolutely <laughs> indeed wonderful so thank you so much sara once again and uh, to all our wonderful listeners here thanks a lot for tuning into the show we hope this episode gave you a good glimpse of the human side of sara keller somebody who has been in the telecom industry for so long that she treats it as a family and a community someone who definitely has a fun side and which is more visible to her close friends someone who's been honest about the imposter syndrome and how it impacts so many of us without us even realizing and finally someone who's faced life at gunpoint as well that's some of the interesting facts about sara keller so if you enjoyed this episode do stay tuned in because we shall soon be releasing yet another one yet another compelling story from the telecom space and do follow the podcast on your preferred streaming channel on behalf of humans of telecom this is your host anurag agarwal signing off for now take care